Are you ready? Hey, you think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. Break it down! for another week we are on to week 11 season is just flying by we are only really a, you know a week away from the best slate of the year of the thanksgiving day slate looking forward to that we'll be breaking that down next week you can expect that to come out well, probably tuesday or wednesday of next week to get you ready for that thanksgiving day slate but before we do we got a great week 11 uh slate on tap uh this week is better known as the casey versus Dallas week. Uh, How about them Cowboys, baby? Maddie's wearing a very ugly, I, ugly jersey. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, first time I get to break my jersey and all that, all my merchandise, Cowboys merchandise out of the trash, you know? <laughs> yeah. Being a, being a Cowboys fan over the last few years has been pretty painful. A lot of eight and eight seasons. And you'll be able to put it right back there when the Chiefs win this weekend. So Probably. Uh, yeah, because the Chiefs are back. You know, Pat Mahomes out here is dropping dimes yeah, all over yeah. the place again. We'll Darryl see. Williams we'll see. just mossing folks in the end zone. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see about that. I don't know. Dallas, Dallas looks really, really good, uh, with the exception he throw the Denver game out the window. Uh, and they, they could have beat Tom Brady on opening night as well. Uh, they had the lead, and, of course, he drove down the field and, and took the game from them. But, yeah, that's uh, I, that game is definitely the highlight of the week, and we'll talk about it um, from a DFS perspective. But, yeah, I've, just from a pure you know football fan perspective, I'm really excited for that game. Yeah, it should be a good one. Uh, I mean, it looks to be the best game on the slate. But, so I guess, you know, let's just jump right into it. You know, actually, let's start talking about these quarterbacks. And so we got Josh Allen at 8,100. Lamar Jackson at 8K. Kyler Murray, a very questionable Kyler Murray at 7,900. Pat Mahomes, 7,600. Prescott at 7,200. Aaron Rodgers at 7K. Jalen Hurts at 6,800. Ryan Tannehill at 6,700. Joe Burrow at 6,600. Russell Wilson, 6,500. Kirk Cousins at 61, and that kind of rounds out the top tier of, of, of quarterbacks. So the first question, I think, is the most important question, and that is, one, obviously we know that this Chiefs and Cowboys game is going to be the most popular game on the slate. It has the highest total. It's been bet up to 56. You have the Chiefs coming in an applied point total of 29.3, and you have the Cowboys who are at 26.8. So, one, knowing that this game is going to be absolute chalk, are you going to eat the chalk on this game and play Dak or Pat Mahomes? Or how can people get different with maybe getting, you know, some different pieces of this game, whether maybe not going with like a CD lamb and going with like a Gallup and Schultz lineup. How would you get different whenever you have a game that's lined up to be one of the most chalkiest on the slate? Yeah. So this is kind of the reason why right before we went live, I was kind of saying, you know, I'm not a, giant fan of this slate because this game is the only game with a total over 50 
uh, this week. Everything else that's remotely close to that is like in the 47 to 49 range. Um, and this game sits at 56. And then you're like, okay, well, you know, is there any any other game that, you know, kind of checks the box from, you know, a pace and pass rate perspective that, you know, we can get a nuclear game outside of KC Dallas. And you look at all these other games that have high totals and there's one, there's at least one of the two teams is near the bottom of the league in terms of pace of play. So uh, like the Green Bay, Minnesota game, Minnesota has actually been, you know, trying to push the pace this year. Uh, They rank in the top 10 in pace, whereas Green Bay is almost dead last. So Green Bay just wants to chew clock. They want to run the ball more, especially with AJ Dillon. Uh, you know, they will turn to him and run the ball more. So the challenge on this slate is to find a game outside of KC and Dallas that could go nuclear. And it's just, I don't, right now I'm just not seeing one, I guess maybe Buffalo and Indy. Um, That one kind of sticks out, but Buffalo's defense has been so good this year. Uh, But I mean, if there is, you know, an offense that could put up points to kind of keep pace, it, it would be Indy. And, you know, maybe, when Buffalo played Tennessee, we saw a shootout there. Uh, Derrick Henry ran all over all over Buffalo that game. So you know maybe Buffalo's just been been playing weak opponents in terms of their defensive stats, and uh, maybe we can see a big game out of Jonathan Taylor and, and Wentz can keep pace on the other side of that game. So uh, I guess maybe that game would be the the game that you know I, I you could look to, especially you know if Cole Beasley's out, which we'll talk about um, when we get to wide receiver. Uh, then that kind of funnels production for the Bills and makes that game a little bit easier to stack. But I just – I don't see myself having a team that fully fades Kansas City and Dallas. Like, the, the, it checks the box in terms of in terms of everything you're looking for. Like, the, both teams are in top 10 in pace. They both love to throw the ball. Uh, you know, Dallas will try to slow the game down and, and run the ball more in matchups like this where – uh, you know, Kansas City is respectable against wide receivers, but they'll allow a ton of rushing production. So Dallas will, you know, run the ball in those kinds of matchups. So maybe you play Zeke instead of Dak and and get your Chiefs exposure through the air on the other side. But I just don't think it's smart to completely fade this game. Like maybe be different with your pieces and, and get some Schultz exposure at tight end instead of Kelsey. Because uh, we know, you know, uh, Chiefs give up a ton of production to tight ends. Um, Gallup, I think, is going to end up super popular. He's only 4,200. Um so, I mean, this slate is really tough uh, if, you, if you're looking outside of uh, of the Kansas City-Dallas game. And, and I know we start, you know, at the quarterback position and kind of analyze, uh, you know, individual guys as a whole. But I just wanted to mention, you know, my, my thoughts on the slate as a whole that, you know, I don't think it's smart to completely fade that Kansas City-Dallas game just because it is it has so much more going for it than any other game on the slate does in, in terms of, uh, points that are going to be scored and, and Vegas agrees. I mean, it's, it's a full seven points higher than the next highest game. Uh, it's, it's a 56 and the next highest is 49 and a half. Uh, and that's Las Vegas and, and Cincinnati. So um, yeah, I mean, Pat Mahomes and Dak Prescott, it's, it's the top of the list for me, 7,600 and 7,200 respectively. Um, I mean, not going to really, no need to go too much into those guys. Um I mean, how low owned is Josh Allen going to be, right? Like nobody's going to play him all the way up there, eighty one hundred. When when you can play Mahomes at seventy six hundred against Dallas and 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 Prescott at seventy two hundred against Kansas City, uh, I would like that Arizona Seattle game a lot if Kyler Murray was playing. But the reports, you know, early in the week were that it was going to be a real long shot that Kyler Murray was was going to be able to go. And if he does go, you know, I'm expecting him to be insanely limited and. Uh, he hasn't been running at all this year. 
Uh, I think his his season high in rush yards is 39, which is crazy, uh, considering you know we know him as the as an elite rushing quarterback. So um, even if he does play, you're looking at pure passing production there uh, for Arizona, and and you know that's kind of you know not really what we've been playing Murray for over the last year. Uh, and so, you know, I'm kind of off him at 7,900, but I would like that Seattle Arizona game more if he does play. Um, outside of that, I mean, I guess Russell Wilson at 6,500 in that same breath, if Kyler plays, I do like Russ, uh, in that matchup, but also, you know, Seattle will and can run the ball against Arizona. So, Definitely not a high confidence uh, dart throw there with Russ at 6,500. He didn't look great uh, last week either. Um, it, it looks like they rushed him back and uh, he looked a bit off. So, uh, you know, interested to hear your take on Russell Wilson. But um, I mean, outside of that, I mean, Justin Fields, I guess, is interesting at 5,700. Uh, we mentioned, you know, Carson Wentz, if Buffalo, uh, the defense is going to get like they're going to score against Indy. So, you know, I'm expecting Carson Wentz to have have to keep his, uh, you know, pass attempts high, higher than normal uh, to be able to keep pace with Buffalo on the other side. Um, so I definitely think that he's interesting. And then uh, all the way down at the bottom of the barrel, Cam Newton at 5,100 is, you know, the low man on the totem pole for me this week, 5,100 against Washington, uh, who looked like the best defense in the NFL last week against Tom Brady. But um, I'm writing that off to just a one game, bad sample, uh, bad game out of Tom Brady and the Bucks offense. Um so I think Cam Newton at 5,100 is definitely interesting. Uh, we saw that he is going to vulture CMC, which was insanely tilting because CMC last week could have had a 45-point game if he scored those two or three touchdowns that, you know, he was in line for down at the goal line. Uh, and then Cam Cam vultured two of them. So, yeah, it's – again, it's a tough week for me uh, to, you know, to looking at this slate as a whole because that Kansas City-Dallas game is just so important. So I, I think I feel a little bit different about this slate than I think what you're you're coming in at. One, I 100% agree. But, you know, we see it all the time with these games that, like, everybody gets hyped for, everybody hypes up, and everybody wants to get – and then it just it just doesn't go the way people think that it's going to. And people get let down by by games like this. So, I, I mean, these are still two really good teams. Uh, I, I could see, you know, you have the Chiefs defense who has, has been playing a lot better over the last month of the season. They've done a really good job stopping the run. I mean, and it's not just bad running backs that they face. I mean, they stopped Derrick Henry before Derrick Henry went down. I think they held him to like 50 yards rushing. So I don't know if the recipe for them is to, to run with Zeke uh, either. Uh, and so uh, we'll see in that game. Obviously, the game is going to have an insanely high ownership across the board. And I think if you do want to get different, I definitely think there's places you could go on this. Like I, I, uh, you don't seem to be as high on this game, but this game actually is probably my favorite game on the slate, not with not accounting that one. And this is the the Raiders and the the, the Bengals game. I think this. I game do like that game. Does have absolute shootout potential, and yeah. we we just saw the Raiders defense uh, looks like trash, like the Raiders defense. We have the Bengals coming off by with all of their pass catchers with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, Joe Mixon in this game. So I absolutely love Joe Burrow at 6,600. I think he could be a uh, nice pivot off of like Dak, who's at 7,200, not that much more expensive. So I like paying down for, for Joe Burrow. I think he you could pair him with Jamar Chase, you pair him with T. Higgins. You know, uh, like I said, you know, if you want to, you know, get a little different. I also don't mind Derek Carr either. We've seen Derek Carr and his ceiling this year, and Derek Carr is better 
than what we saw just last week. I mean, some of the plays he, I mean, he made in that game against the Chiefs where I, I don't know what he was doing. But we've seen kind of a little bit of his ceiling as well. And, and he does have a propensity of trying to, uh, to throw the ball deep. He has one of the most accurate deep ball passers this year, and he's actually in the top five of deep ball uh, deep balls on the season as well. So Derek Carr, even at, at 5,900, I don't really mind if you want to go on the opposite side and go with Derek Carr and possibly run it back with like a Darren Waller or Brian Edwards. And so I really do like uh, this Bengals and Raiders game, and I'm gonna have a lot of exposure to that game. Um, the other game I really or the other, the other, not necessarily game, but uh, play is Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, 5,500 going against the Jets. The Jets have allowed 45 points, or I think it was 44 points in like four straight games. It's the first time it's ever happened in the NFL history. And Tua, we've seen against bad defense, has really been able to shine. I mean, we look against Atlanta, we dropped 28.5. Uh, Jacksonville dropped 25.3. Like we've seen him be able to go out and expose really bad defenses. And so I like Tua as well as a pay down option at 5,500. I'm not really running it back. I don't think th- this is not an area you have to run back, but I do like going to probably a Jalen Waddle or a Mike Kosicki um, or even a a Miles Gaskin for that matter. Uh, So I do like going with Tua. And then you mentioned uh, Cam Newton. And I do think it's going to be hard. I'm going to have some Cam Newton because, one, you're getting Washington. We know how bad their secondary is. They just lost uh, Chase Young. They also don't have Montez Sweat, which is like the, the, the crown jewel of that defense is that defensive line. And now you just took away two of their best pieces on that defensive line. So you're not really worried about that defensive line at all. You have Cam Newton, who's only 5,100. You don't necessarily have to pair him with anybody. I mean, you know, the the term, you know, uh, play Cam naked is, uh, you know, uh, a thing for a reason, right? And so with, with, with Cam Newton, you don't have to pair him with anybody. If you want to play him naked at 5,100, you could definitely do that. We saw what they what they want to do with him on the goal line. He knows this offense. I mean, he, he was in this offense four so he knows the offense here and so i don't mind getting cam uh cam newton here at 5100 um at his price because his, that price is insanely low i mean last year uh he was still like a qb 12 last year as bad as he was and he had i think it was um i think it was all but like two of the weeks he had at least 17 dk points in every single week and so the guy has such a large ceiling at 5100 because of his rushing upside so i like cam newton as well um but yeah, I mean, I, I think there's some definite areas we can go. But like I said, for me, outside of that that top game, I do wish Kyler Murray was healthy because I think Arizona Seattle could be a could be a really fun one too. But it just doesn't look to be that way. However, I do think this could be a nice bounce back spot for Russ at 6,500. Uh, he definitely looked rusty, but you know the, the the Arizona secondary isn't really all that imposing. I know that you know they are top five in pass DVOA in the season. But they've also had some pretty bad matchups, too, where they really haven't faced a whole lot of great teams either. And so I do think, Russ, uh, this could be a really nice bounce back spot for him, too, at 6,500. But I would just be nervous if it's not Kyler Murray. uh, Are they just going to run the football and not really open up the offense as much and and really throw the ball as much? So that would be the only thing that concerned me. And then uh, I don't mind, you know, the Justin Fields call that you made at 5,700 either because he the last two games he's played, he has looked a lot better. Uh, he has looked like the guy we all hoped he would be. He started to reuse his legs. So uh, even at his price at 5700 against Baltimore at home, uh, don't really mind that either. But for me, the, the top guys that I want outside of the Kansas City game um, is, uh, like I said, Joe Burrow. I like Derek Carr. And then uh, uh, Tua for sure. And then, you know, sprinkle in some some Cam Newton. So that's kind of where I'm going at quarterback this week. Um, but, yeah, do you have any other uh, quarterbacks you want to talk about? 
No, I, I think that uh, we hit on most of them. All right, so let's jump over to the running back position. You have Christian McCaffrey, who's still too cheap at 8,900. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor at 8,300 in a tough matchup against Buffalo. But, man, this guy has been on such an absolute heater over the last really five, six weeks of the season. Dalvin Cook at 8,200. Alvin Kamara, 8,100. Uh, which we'll have to see on him because he actually returned to practice on Wednesday, but then did not practice today. So I don't know if he's had a big setback. So that could be a problem with him. Nick Chubb at 7,800, who's still on COVID, but they did speak today and said he's progressing. That's all they said. I'm assuming that must mean that he probably has his first negative test. And if he tests negative again tomorrow, he will be cleared because, my goodness, this is an absolute dream matchup at (laughs) 7,800 against the Detroit Lions. So Nick Chubb, if he can get him right, he is 100% in play. Then you have Ezekiel Elliott at 7,700, Joe Mixon at 7,600, DeAndre Swift at 7K, and then uh, James Robinson at 6,400. A.J. Dillon with no Aaron Jones at 6,200. James Conner, 6,100. And then Josh Jacobs at 6K. So running back, where are we going here? Yeah, so uh, just taking a really quick look at ownerships, uh, Nick Chubb is coming in at the highest zone running back on the slate with A.J. Dillon coming in second, which doesn't really surprise me. I mean, those those two guys stand out, you know, as – as the two of the best options on paper, you know, Chubb against Detroit is the obvious one. Uh, and AJ Dillon with no Aaron Jones against Seattle is a great one too. Um, I mean, we've seen AJ Dillon without Aaron Jones last year. And I, what was he at 20, like 20 to 25 DraftKings points, you know, in, in each game that, that Aaron Jones missed. So it's just, you know, for me on AJ Dillon, it's just, I'm just not going to really overthink it. I mean, his floor is what 15 to 20. I mean, it's 6,200. That's not going to kill you. Um, and he's got upside for 30. Like, he legit has a 100-yard, two-touchdown upside here. And he will catch passes. That We saw that last year. They will throw him the ball when it, when Aaron Jones is not involved in that offense. So, um, I think A.J. Dillon, I'm not going to overthink it, despite how popular he's going to be. I'm just going to play him um, and let everybody else uh, make mistakes and, and fade him. Or, you know, I'll just be different elsewhere. But A.J. Dillon, I, I think that he's, uh, you know, the optimal play at running back this week. Um you mentioned McCaffrey too cheap on anything under nine K for McCaffrey uh, is too cheap. We saw last week, 10 targets, 10 catches uh, that, that is pretty much what, you know, what you're paying nine K for uh, when you get a running back, who's going to run the ball close to 20 times and, and have 10 targets as well. So uh, definitely going to do everything I can to get McCaffrey in if I'm not playing um, Nick Chubb, but uh it's really hard not to like Nick Chubb here uh, at 7,800 as well. And, and it may end up being a three running back week, but, but I'm not sure uh, how my bills are going to end up. Um, I don't know that I'm going to get to Jonathan Taylor just because I think McCaffrey Chubb and AJ Dillon are the three that really stand out to me. But I mean, AJ, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Jonathan Taylor, he had eight targets last week in a close game. Um, 21 carries <laughs> coming in at 29 opportunities. So you know, that's a lot of opportunities that it, that you're paying for, uh, which is what you want when you pay, um, you know, a little over 8K for a running back. And uh, the eight targets is the is the significant number that's his highest on the year uh, so far. Um, next highest was week one, all the way back in week one when he had seven. So, uh, yeah, JT has been on an absolute tear. I don't mind him at all, especially if you're playing Josh Allen on the other side. Um, JT makes a ton of sense to keep that game close. Uh, outside of that, I, I'm probably not going to get to Zeke at 7,700. They just, the Cowboys just have been us, utilizing Tony Pollard way too much. 
uh, for me to justify paying almost 8K for Zeke. Uh, you know, he can get there with multiple touchdowns, but the volume's just not there to get there from a yardage standpoint. Uh, I don't think so. Um, I'm out on that. Uh, James Connor's interesting against Seattle at 6,100, but I'm probably going to be out on that as well. Uh, you met, you briefly mentioned Miles Gaskin against the Jets. I think something interesting to do, uh, if you're playing in smaller fields, is to load up. Tua and Gaskin together and just get all the Dolphins points. Because, I mean, like you said, the, the Jets have given up, what, 44 straight points or 44 points in three straight games. So you play a $5,500 Tua and a $5,700 Miles Gaskin, and you're pretty much getting, you know, hopefully 30 to 35 actual football points uh, allocated to your team. So I don't hate that in smaller fields. Uh, I don't know that you know, with the, the makeup of the slate that, you know, that those guys together have a high enough ceiling to, to take down tournaments together uh, in large fields. But I mean, definitely in small fields, I mean, Tua could could go for 25 to 30, you know, throwing for 300 yards and, and three scores. Uh, and, and maybe one of those scores goes to Miles Gaskin. We've seen Miles Gaskin have receiving touchdowns this year. Uh, and, and he is a known pass catcher. And I mean, he's going to get 15 carries as well. So, um, I, I really don't hate that idea of just playing both of them together for like a total of 11 K and getting the entire Miami offense. And, and you could honestly say the same thing for Carolina, right? You could play both cam and CMC and that way you're not tilting your face off uh, because I mean, then you'd be getting the entire Carolina offense as well against a very bad Washington defense. So um, I think that approach is, is interesting this week. Um, but outside of that, yeah, it's, it's mainly for me, um, going to be AJ Dillon, CMC, and Nick Chubb. Yeah, so for me, I think um, mentioning a couple of players that you didn't talk about, I think one is uh, James Robinson. Absolutely love him this week, especially at $6,400. It is incredibly too cheap. Uh, he did return to practice today, so that is a positive for him and trending in the right direction. And he, they're playing a uh, San Francisco team that is absolutely terrible against the run. Uh, that is how you beat the um, the uh, 49ers, right? And if you look at James Robinson, he's averaging 12 and a half carries per game. Uh, he is seeing 70% of the opportunities in the backfield, which is 11th most among all running backs. He's also 24th in targets, uh, 22 receptions, 160 receiving yards on the season. Um, and he's been really efficient this year. 3.10 yards created per touch as well. And so he's 7th in evaded tackles, 3rd in juke rate. But San Francisco over their last four games allowed 148 rushing yards to Indy, 176 rushing yards to Chicago, 163 rushing yards to Arizona, and then 52 last week to L.A., and, uh, which you know was a game that they kind of routed the Rams so they really couldn't run the ball. And then uh, six total touch rushing touchdowns over that span, two over the last four games. And so James Robinson is an absolute elite spot in my opinion, especially at his price at 6,400. I think he has great leverage off of AJ Dillon. And, and so I, I like James Robinson a lot in this matchup. The only concern would be, do they fall behind very quickly? Um, and, and, and he gets game scripted out a little bit. However, he is such a, a good pass catcher in this backfield that I, it doesn't scare me as much because he's going to be utilized as a pass catcher as well. And so I love James Robinson at his price at 6,400. I totally agree on the James Conner call. Uh, Arizona, or Seattle has not been very good uh, on the ground either. I think they've allowed like the third most DK points on the season. 
And they've also allowed uh, the 10th most rushing yards, the, the most receiving yards, and the most receptions. And they are um, – so I definitely think you can attack them through the uh, – on the ground as well. I won't love it as much if Kyler Murray doesn't play. But I, I still think that that he makes a lot of sense too. Uh, so I like that call. And then some some other running backs that I think that are, are interesting in, uh, in the lower tier of running back. Uh, I do think Antonio Gibson is in play. We saw him last week at, uh, you know, 24 uh, carries in that backfield. He scored two touchdowns against a really good Buccaneers defense. And, uh, you know, that was a guy that I was on uh, a lot last week, somebody I really liked at his price. I think he was 5,500 last week because, you know, that that defense wasn't as good as people thought that it was, at least the run defense, at least, at least recently. And you could say the same thing about Carolina. They have really struggled to stop the run over the last month of the season as well. And so Antonio Gibson, I do, I do think makes a little bit of sense at 5,900. That's still too cheap, still too cheap for his upside. The only thing that scares me with him is he just doesn't see the, the volume in the passing game. He's not somebody who's going to see, you know, a 15% target share or anything like that, which is frustrating because we're talking about a former wide receiver in college <laughs> and they just don't use it as a pass yeah. catcher. I don't get why I don't understand it. I, I mean, JD, JD McKissick is, is decent. Don't get me wrong as a pass catcher, obviously, but it just doesn't make any sense that they just don't utilize him at all as a pass catcher. And some of it, I don't know if it's because of the injury or whatever, but regardless of that, uh, I just don't, I, I just, it is a little thin because of the pass catching, but I think if the game script stays in their favor at 5,900, I think that he is an interesting play. You already hit on Miles Gaskin, but I'm going to talk about him. It's just an absolute elite, elite, elite play for Miles Gaskin. The, the Jets are so bad. They allow the most DK points to running backs. They're 31st in rush DVOA. They're, it, they're so bad. They, they allow, it's like seven more fantasy points per game to running backs than any other run, than any other defense in the league. It's so, so if there was a week that, that, that Miles Gaskin should get it right, this is the one. From there, you have David Montgomery, who the first of the week, I, you know, we, we kind of at the Monday we have a little DM, and we I, you know we usually you know talk about some some pricing and stuff like that, and it really stood out to me that David Montgomery is only fifty five hundred. This is a guy that handles 85 percent of the opportunities in the backfield, which is uh, among the best in the league in terms of you know usage. The problem is that this Baltimore run defense has actually been really good this year, so I don't know if it's the greatest spot. But with the amount of touches that he sees, and if he could be at least at all a little bit utilized in the, in the passing game, I think he makes some sense at his price at 5,500. I don't love it because I don't think this is a great game. You have a team and, you know, some of these teams that, that are very slow paced. And so I think this could, you know, Baltimore being down at the bottom of the league in terms of pace. So I think this could be a very slow paced, you know, low scoring game. So that's the only thing that would concern me a little bit about David Montgomery. And then we, we're going to have to really monitor what the Chiefs are going to do with Clyde Edwards-Elaire because they have activated him from his, uh, you know, they, or they've designated him to return. But he, he Andy Reid talked about say and said that they may not bring him back until we uh, until week thirteen because the Chiefs are on bye week twelve. So if he's out again this week. It's going to be really hard for me not to have a lot of Daryl Williams at 5,400, especially as well as as well as Daryl Williams has played. And really, he's too cheap at that price tag at 5,400 because he is being heavily utilized as a pass catcher. I mean, he's 12th among all running backs and targets, 
31 receptions, 271 receiving yards on the season. He also has nine goal line carries, so he's the primary, you know, pass or the primary running back, uh, you know, inside the goal line. He has a 9.2% target share, and he's ninth in routes run among all running backs. And so, $5,400 Daryl Williams is going to be really, really hard for me to pass up at that price. And then past that, like, like I, like I think it's Deontay Dawson Foreman. He's forty nine hundred. But like, if you look at him, like he's definitely better than Adrian Peterson. There's no doubt, and that's not a high bar considering Adrian Peterson's thirty six years old. But he looks like the best running back in that backfield last week against Baltimore, or not? Excuse me, not against Baltimore, against New Orleans. And you're talking about one of. I mean, if not the best run defense in the league. I mean, they are absolutely elite at shutting down the run. And he still looks really good. He was utilized as a pass catcher. I think he takes over this backfield. And he should. And he, he fits more in line with what, like, Derrick Henry is. Six foot, two, almost 240-pound running back that Deontay Foreman is. And he's only 4,900 against Houston. So, I don't mind Deontay Foreman at $4,900. I don't hate it. I I probably won't get there myself. Uh, but but yeah, I mean I, I can get on board with you if you're if you're gonna end up playing that. I'm just saying I I I can see I can see him having 15 to 18 DK points, which at the price is it uh, it isn't bad, especially at his price tag. So those are the kind of the running backs that I that I'm looking at this week, outside of you know the obvious Christian McCaffrey's at the top, Nick Chubb. You know, Joe Mixon, it makes a ton of sense. 7,600 against the Raiders. You know, the, the Raiders are not very good against the run. 7,600, you just can't pass up on that. And then, you know, A.J. Dillon obviously makes a ton of sense at 6,200 because of how much he's going to be involved as a pass catcher. But other than that, that's those are the running backs that I, that I definitely am going to have uh, interest in. Do you have any other running backs you want to hit on or you want to jump over to wide receiver? I think there's one guy worth mentioning uh, that we didn't touch on, and that's Mark Ingram if Kamara's out. Uh, 14 carries last week and seven targets, and he's playing against Philly, which is in one of the one of the best matchups on the board for running backs. Uh, they they funnel everything to you know underneath playing that that too high safety uh, style of defense that everybody seems to be playing these days. But uh, yeah, that, I wasn't on him last week because he was insanely popular, but he's I don't think he's going to be popular uh, again this week with all the good running back plays that we have and. Uh, you know, everybody trying to get to AJ Dillon and Nick Chubb and uh, CMC, and yeah, I just think he's going to go overlooked, and this would be the spot that I would play him. Yeah, I don't hate that either. I, you're right, and I even looked over him, and he's sandwiched in between some players like David mm-hmm. Montgomery and yep. Daryl Williams, especially with with him. With uh, it just doesn't make you feel good to click his name at, in that range of guys that that are there. But I mean, the the volume was good last week: fourteen carries, seven targets, uh, twenty one opportunities. I like. And, and now he gets a way better matchup. Like, they're going to utilize him. So, and that's only if, if Kamara's out. Yeah. Do you, do you have any interest in Miles Sanders at 49 or at 5K? Is he back from IR? He is designated to return. And by all accounts, I mean, he, he, actually, he actually was spotted at practice last week. Um, and so... It basically said he's back, and I, I would be I would be very surprised if if he was not activated and ready to go for this weekend. Because yeah, when the injury first happened, um, 
they basically said that he'll be back by week three. It's only, you know, and so it was a very, it was a little bit of a more minor injury, but only thing that's obviously is what I just said is that they're playing New Orleans. And yeah. However, I, I will say board. that though, the best game he had last year uh, was against the saints where he just went, uh, he ripped off. I think that like 80 yard touchdown run or something against them. I just, if he's back, I think I'd rather just wait. I'd like to see how this all shakes out with Jordan Howard and you know Boston Scott now and these other running backs that they have. Though I will say Sirianni today did say that uh, when Miles Sanders is back, he is still the lead back of this team. So not that that should have been shocking, but I saw people on Twitter saying that like Jordan Howard was the new lead back oh, or something, God. and Miles no, Sanders might shut. Yeah, no, that's, that, that is definitely not the case. Uh, <laughs> yeah uh no i won't have interest in dfs i just think you know philly can still utilize a committee of, of three guys the jordan howard won't be active if miles sanders is active but i mean uh boston scott is still there and gainwell obviously as well as there so um it's just i think it's going to be a gross situation and you're looking at probably 12 to 14 touches max in his first week back um more of a committee game and and then playing new orleans i'm definitely out on that yeah, yeah, for sure. So, all right. Well, you want to jump over to wide receivers now? Yep. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill wilson you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar how did you do it i got a huge assist from grammarly an ai writing partner that helped me make my point and it works everywhere i write summarizing a doc only took one click when everyone uses grammarly everything just makes sense Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. All right, so wide receiver position, we have surprise, surprise, Devontae Adams at 8,400, Tyree Kill at 8,200, Justin Jefferson at 8,100, Stephon Diggs at 7,900, Debo Samuel, 7,800, A.J. Brown at 7,700, C.D. Lamb at 7,600, Jamar Chase at 7,200, Marquise Brown at 7,100, Terry McLaurin at 7K, DK Metcalf at 6,800, Adam Thielen at 6,600, DeAndre Hopkins, which at this point I'd be surprised if he played this week, but we'll see at 6,500, Devontae Smith, who has been on a pretty solid heater the last couple of weeks at 6,400, Amari Cooper at 6,200, Michael Pittman at 6,100, and Brandon Cooks, Walidos Bay at 6K. Who stands out to you at wide receiver? And let me ask you, which which Dallas wide receiver do you have the most interest in? Um, I'm just going to keep playing the cheaper one, and that this week is Amari Cooper. Like they the, they have they both have solid floors between uh, Lamb and and Cooper, um, and obviously Gallup's in play at 4200. I feel like we don't really need to touch on him um, that much, but uh, between Lamb and Cooper, I mean. One of them will pop, and when one of them pops, the other one doesn't really do as good, it, with the exception of week one when when both of them kind of went nuclear. I think Amari had 42 and Lamb had 20, 25 or 27 uh, against Tampa Bay. But 
um, which I mean, could that could be the 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 kind of game we get here against Kansas City as well. So um, I mean, I guess you could play both of them if you're playing Dak, but um, I'm going to side with Amari here. It's just more of the he's more of the the boomer bust type, and that that's really what I'm looking for in tournaments is is the ceiling. Uh, and then God said, "Let there be light." <laughs> you're like you're like blinded yourself turning that on. Um, no, but yeah, it's uh CD Lamb starting to creep up into that near 8K range, and yes, he's he's got a good floor uh, around you know 15 to 20, but he just hasn't really shown a ceiling outside of last week. I mean, you take that game away, and and he rarely scores. You know that that tournament must have score uh, for your 8K. Uh, wide receiver like I'd rather much rather place to find digs who can he's more likely to get me the 35 to 40 Devontae Adams more likely to get me the 35 to 40 had to have it score uh Tyree Kill more likely to get me the 45 score had to have it to win a tournament um I just think Lamb is starting to creep up into a, a tier where his upside is um is capped a little bit and and, and I'm going to be out on that I'd rather just save the 1400 and, and play Amari Cooper which is pretty much the same exact profile of, of player in terms of fantasy production. So uh, definitely side with Amari. Um, we don't really need to touch on the top guys. They're obviously all in play. Uh, AJ Brown is one that stands out to me because playing against Houston um, with no Derrick Henry and is Julio back this week? I didn't see. No, he's on IR. So yeah, the entire offense if the if Tennessee is going to score points, the entire offense is going to roll through AJ Brown, right? You would think, uh, because they they literally have pretty much nobody else other than backup wide receivers. Uh, and and Sean Payton, uh, Sean Payton knew that last week, and he pretty much took AJ Brown out of the game, he only allowed him to get four targets. But I don't think that that's going to be a problem against Houston, and I think we could end up seeing a you know ten to twelve target game, and and AJ Brown when we know that when he gets more than 10 targets, he goes absolutely nuclear. So uh, definitely a guy I'm going to have on my radar is A.J. Brown at 7,700. He's going to go completely looked over with all these other guys around him, um, but definitely somebody I'm going to look to get exposure to. Outside of that, I, I think, uh, you know, Michael Pittman's very interesting at only 6,100 in a game. Like we already mentioned, Indy is going to have to put up points to, to keep pace with Buffalo. Uh, and Pittman at 6,100, he's even with T.Y. Hilton back, uh, he should continue to get the majority of the looks there. Uh, he, he, T.Y. Hilton played a couple of weeks ago, and Pittman still had you know 15 targets or whatever it was. So um, definitely a spot I like him. Tyler Lockett is creeping down lower and lower and lower in price each week, and we know he's got tournament winning upside, and he's only 6K. Uh, for a game that, you know, we said we would like it a lot if Kyler Murray put, played because that game is going to play very pace up. Uh, this is a good spot for Tyler Lockett. And, you know, that tournament winning upside at 6K is definitely something that I am going to have on my radar as we get closer to uh, building teams for this weekend. Um, you know, we mentioned Miami, Jalen Waddle, 5,600. He is way too cheap with uh, Devontae Parker on IR. Uh, it's really been him and, and Gasicki and Miles Gaskin. That's that's pretty much the offense. They're, they've tried to rotate in Preston Williams a little bit, but it's ended up being Isaiah Ford over the last couple of weeks, and it's just been kind of a mess there with those, you know, the, the wide receiver three. So I, I continue to expect, you know, Waddle and, and Gasicki and Miles Gaskin to be the main 
pieces there on offense and 5,600 for a guy who is likely going to see double digit targets um, in this game. Cause Miami just will, they're, they're a very high, high pass rate team. So uh, even if they're, they're winning uh, against the jets, they should still look to be throwing the ball uh, outside of that. I mean, T Higgins, which you talked about that game. We, you know, we like that game a lot. T Higgins is only 5,400 and he actually leads that team in targets uh, and, and is up there with chase in, in all the, the underlying metrics. It's just Chase has just been insanely efficient with his looks. So uh, T Higgins at, at 5,400 is, I feel like is way too cheap uh, for a guy that's getting his type of role. Uh, if Cole Beasley is out, which he only ran like what, eight routes last week. Uh, so definitely something we need to monitor heading into the weekend. If he's out, Emmanuel Sanders is only 5,300. And I know normally, you know, we kind of say that that Sanders and Diggs kind of share the same type of role that they share that that deep role and, and let Beasley and, and the tight ends and, and running backs operate underneath. But I mean, 5,300 for Emmanuel Sanders, if Cole Beasley were to miss, that also feels way too cheap uh, against Indy in a game that w- there should finally be a team on the other side uh, that puts up a lot of points. I mean, the last three games for Buffalo, Miami scored 11 points, Jacksonville scored nine and the Jets scored 17. So there hasn't been a, an offense that's put up points that's made Buffalo, uh, you know, have to do the same thing on the other side. And and Buffalo just frankly just hasn't looked good because they haven't been scoring regardless. And until last week, they, they finally put up a ton of points last week. But I mean, the two duds against Miami, um, it was Miami and Jacksonville. They only scored six points against Jacksonville and lost nine to six. That was a, just an ugly game. But yeah, Buffalo, you know, they coming off that dud and, and then they finally bounce back against against the Jets. But uh, Emmanuel Sanders is, you know, getting pretty much 100 air yards a game and, and is up there with Stephon Diggs in leading the team in targets and in all those uh, metrics that we have that we look at. Uh, so definitely like him. Uh, as we get lower, I mean, you're starting to get into more of the the throw a dart kind of range and. um you know, Rashad Bateman's looked really good. He's 4,500. He's got a Q tag on him. Uh, he's definitely some somebody that I'll have interest to, especially if I'm playing Justin Fields on the other side. Uh, definitely want to to get some exposure to Bateman at 4,500. And he makes a great pivot off of Michael, Michael Gallup, who's going to be, uh, I would assume, rather chalky at 4,200. Uh, and then uh, Brian Edwards, who, Kev, I, I know uh, you'll like to talk about him. Uh he is your darling, but uh, we saw, you know, with with no Henry Ruggs, we saw he is getting the deep targets that Ruggs was was getting. And while he only saw four targets last week, uh, he came down with 88 yards and was able to get in the end zone for 18 DK points. And in only 4,100, uh, if we think that, you know, this game shoots out, uh, he's definitely a piece that I would want to have exposure to in that kind of game environment. So. Take us dumpster diving. All right. Well, so for me, I think uh, one one guy you hit on that I that I that I also want to reiterate is Tyler Lockett. I like Tyler Lockett a lot. He's significantly cheaper than DK Metcalf, and he shouldn't be. If you look on the season, Tyler Lockett has a higher target share than DK Metcalf does. He has a higher uh, market share of the air yards than DK Metcalf does. Um, 
and it it's just it shouldn't be that uh, that big of a discrepancy between the two of them. So I will take the discount all day, and we know that his upside is as high as Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill. He can drop a forty burger with the best of them, and so I absolutely love Tyler Lockett at six K in this matchup against Arizona. There's no uh, there's nobody on on Arizona secondary that I'm worried about taking out Tyler Lockett. So. I love Tyler Lockett at his price tag at 6K. He's one of my favorite uh, plays on the slate at wide receiver. Jalen Waddle is only 5,600. Absolutely love him. He's, he is definitely Tua's favorite target. And uh, I wish they would utilize him more as a deep threat, but they're not. But regardless, he's still seeing a ton of targets in this game as well. And so, like I already mentioned, I love uh, playing Tua. If you want to stack him with Jalen Waddle, that's exactly what I would look to do. Uh, I mean, if you look on the season, uh, week six, or last week against Baltimore, he only played, uh, he only had six targets. But regardless, before that, you're talking 10, 12, 8, 13, 6, 4, 13, 8 targets. Like the guy has double digit target upside every time he steps on the field. And this is one of the best matchups he's going to see all year uh, for Jalen Waddle. So absolutely love him at his price. Uh, DJ Moore, love him at 5,900 in this matchup against Washington. We already talked about how bad Washington secondary is. I think this is a game that they really tried to get DJ Moore going uh, this week. And um, and so I, I think this is a great spot to do it. And so at 5,900, like DJ Moore quite a bit as well. That's just way, way too cheap for his upside. We saw it earlier in the year whenever this Panthers offense was rolling. And so I do think DJ Moore is, is in a nice spot as well and that, i mean this 5k range is really nice because i also i think hunter renfro i think if you want a run back option that's not darren waller if you're stacking the Bengals side or if you're playing Derek carr hunter renfro continues to just put up uh put up points he doesn't have an incredibly large ceiling but at 5800 i think that he could do enough i mean he scored double digit dk points every week but one this year but he also has no games above 20 either so he doesn't have a really high ceiling, but you know he's something that can come in and get you 15 to 18 um, and isn't going to kill you. Down in the lower range of, of wide receivers, one, I love Donovan Peoples-Jones at 4,500 against Detroit. Uh, he has a great matchup. Uh, he's going to be seeing your boy that you've hit on a couple times this year, Amanio. Uh, is going to be his main target, who's allowed a 70.7% catch rate and 94.9 passer rating. 400 receiving yards and three touchdowns on the season. So I really like Donovan Peoples-Jones at, at, at his price at 4,500. I think he's also is going to be some leverage off of, you know, the Rashad Batemans who everybody's going to want to play, which I don't blame them because I, I, I like Rashad Bateman a lot. I think he's the best wide receiver they have on that team. Um, and he just hasn't went off yet. He's missed on a couple touchdowns that he should have already had, but he doesn't. But I, uh, he's also, like you already mentioned with Michael Gallup, same thing. Both of those guys are going to be well more owned than somebody like um, Donovan Peoples-Jones is. Deontay Harris against Philly is somebody else I also like in this matchup. If you look at his matchup here uh, on, on in this game, um, oh, I lost the corner. Who's the corner? Um, I'll have to look it up really quick. But the corner is allowing a 65% catch rate and 105.1 uh, passer rating. So he also has a really good matchup as well. And Deontay Harris has kind of been – it's not a sexy play by any means, but uh, I think that he is definitely in play in, in this matchup against Philly. Philadelphia's secondary is very um, is very beatable. And so I, I don't mind him either if you're wanting to pay down at wide receiver and getting away from some of these guys. 
And then the one guy that I'm surprised you didn't talk about, uh, who's down in the 3K range, who is an absolute smash play. I will have a, an insane amount if Cole Beasley is out, and that's Gabe Davis at 3,900. Uh, we saw last week uh, unlimited unlimited opportunities. He had three targets, three receptions for 105 yards. Should have had a touchdown. Uh, I think he got tackled on like the one yard line. But at $3,900, if, if Cole Beasley misses, I will have uh, an insane amount of Gabriel Davis at $3,900 in this matchup against Indy. Indy secondary is trash. And, and so I, I do like getting to Gabe Davis as well. I actually played Gabe Davis last week, um, and it worked out because he was like 3500 I think he was, last week. And it worked out, so I don't mind him. And then uh, Quiz Watkins as well. I want to mention him at 3700 if you're wanting to pay down. I think he makes for a decent pay down option. He's kind of missed on having some big games. Um, I think he's in play. And then Marcus Johnson was the last guy that I wanted to hit on. Last week, he saw five receptions, six targets, 100 yards in that game against the Saints. This week, they're obviously taking on the Texans. So Marcus Johnson, it's only 3,500. Julio Jones is out. He appears to be the number two target here. Uh, or the number two wide receiver in this offense. So I don't mind getting to him either at his price. I mean, $3,500, super cheap. If he can find the end zone, I think he makes for an interesting play as well. Yeah. And then love, past, go ahead. No, I was just going to say I love that Gabe Davis call. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's I'm going to have a lot. I'll probably have some even if, if he plays or not. Um, You know, and he, I really want to play Allen Robinson at 4,900 because I'm like, that's just too fucking cheap. I can't do Robinson. it. I can't do it. But the problem is, one, he hasn't practiced at all this week due to a hamstring injury. And so we're waiting to see if he's going to make it back. But we've seen him miss a lot of practice this year and still play. So we'll see on that. But, I mean, he he looked like – I mean, he definitely looked way better in the last game that he played. They hit him on that deep target in the game against Pittsburgh. If he just could have stayed on his feet, he would have found the end zone, would have scored. And I think if he would have scored, I think we might be having a different conversation about about Allen Robinson at 4,900. Um. And while Leo says Mooney, if A Rob doesn't play, yeah, I, and I don't mind Mooney either. I mean, Mooney's not very expensive either. Uh, oh, we'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk about the Bear player you want to have when we get to the next position. Yeah. Uh, so, spoiler alert. But I, I don't think there's a large ceiling, at least uh, for here either. But, you know, Allen Robinson at 4,900. Like, man, what has happened this year, Allen Robinson? Like, <laughs> Hopefully, hopefully he has a second half of the year breakout. That's all, that's all I'm hoping. I'm hoping he breaks out of this in the second half of the season and looks much better than what he did. So, uh, other than that, you have any other wide receivers you want to hit on? No, I think we good. We're good. We can move it to tight end. All right, jump over to tight end. Surprise, surprise! The top three guys: Travis Kelsey, seventy one hundred; George Kittle, uh, sixty three hundred; Darren Waller, sixty one hundred; Mark Andrews, six K; T.J. Hawkinson. 5,700, Mike Kosicki, 5,200, Zach Ertz at 4,800, Dalton Schultz, 4,600, Dallas Goddard at 4,400. You love to see it. Dan Arnold. I, I am loving, I am so loving the Dan Arnold love this year. You're starting to see more hype of him like on Twitter and like people in like the season long formats, redraft league, people, you know, where we've been on Dan Arnold for years and they're just now coming around to Dan Arnold hype. I'm <laughs> you loving love to it. see it. Yeah, I do. I, I every time I hear people talk about Dan Arnold, it just it warms my soul. But he's only forty one hundred, and then Dawson Knox is four K. So tell everybody why you want to play Cole Komet this week. Yeah, so whether A Rob plays or doesn't play uh, on the year, 
and the, and and take these numbers kind of kind of with a grain of salt because I mean Chicago doesn't throw a ton as it is. So when we talk about you know target shares and air yard shares and all that, like the numbers sound good, but you have to remember that the volume as a whole for the team isn't super high. So you know a, a 19% target share for Cole Komet might end up being like a, a 13% or 14% target share on for another team uh, just because of the, of the volume comparison. So, um, but I mean, Komet is third on the team in, in target share with a 19% rate right behind Mooney with 25 and, and A-Rob with 22. And if you take A-Rob's 22% out of there, um, all of a sudden Cole Komet becomes the, the number two option in the pass game. Uh, he also leads the team in red zone targets this year with eight. Allen Robinson has seven. Mooney has six. Um, so, and, and, and also Komet's been, been his targets, uh, he's getting five, five a game and, and his targets have been somewhat deep, uh, for the tight end position over an eight out of nine, uh, getting 45 air yards a game. Not, not great, but I mean, he's 3,400, uh, and Baltimore's actually been, you know, a very good matchup, uh, for tight ends this year. So, uh, I think, you know, literally nobody's going to play Cole Komet. And if you're playing Justin Fields, he's the guy that I would pair him with. Um, and we know Baltimore is going to score on the other side. So, you know, this is going to be a week where Chicago should have to throw uh, a good amount. So uh, I do like Komet there. Obviously, at the top, we've got Travis Kelsey against Dallas. Don't really need to talk about him. Uh, Darren Waller, if, you know, if we love that that Las Vegas uh, Cincy game, he – Makes a ton of sense at only 6,100. Uh, I think he's going to end up having a, a monster game here soon. Uh, just, you know, two weeks ago against New York, when they were trailing in a close game, he, he saw 11 targets and had 92 yards, just wasn't able to get in the end zone. So he's one of the few tight ends that has over 20-point upside, and he's only 6,100 uh, when he's normally 7K. So I really like him a lot. Uh, we talked about the Dolphins offense. Uh, you can pretty much get all the points just by playing the four guys. Uh, Tua, Gaskin, Gasicki, and Waddle. So definitely like Gasicki a lot at 5,200. Uh, he's you know pretty much going to see a lock for seven to nine, seven to nine targets in that game. Uh, outside of that, Schultz, I, you know, I mentioned he's a, a great ex- piece of exposure to that game against Kansas City. You know, Blake Jarwin is is not a thing. He's he's hurt. Uh, so you know, Schultz. Uh, in a game that that Dak should be throwing a good amount, assuming Mahomes is putting up points on the other side. Uh, if you take away last week, his, his previous week's target target counts of five, seven, six, eight, eight, and seven. Uh, so he is a guy that Dak loves to throw to. He's got three touchdowns on the year and and can get you you know fifteen plus fantasy points and is forty six hundred. So I really like him a lot. And and you mentioned Dan Arnold. Uh, his usage has just been so good. Uh, eight, seven, 10, five, and eight targets with Jacksonville. So not, you know, not an ideal matchup against San Francisco, but, uh, you know, not what I'm not super scared of either. Uh, his, his price though, is starting to creep up 4,100. He's finally getting the respect he deserves. Uh, he should end up being in the seven K range eventually. I'm just kidding. But, uh, that is our man, Dan Arnold. Uh, so he's definitely in play still. But outside of that, I mean, I guess Conklin's interesting, but he's really been tight end or, or sorry, touchdown or bust uh, at the tight end position. Uh, so, yeah, for me, I mean, if we're going dumpster diving, I think 3,400 Cole Komet is where I draw the line. 
All right. So for me, 100% Dar- Darren Waller. Love him this week at 6,100. Like I've said, I to echo this game. Um, but 6,100 is, is too cheap for him. He can uh, crush that that number. He's one of the rare tight ends that I can, I can actually you know beat or match the ceiling of a Travis Kelsey or George Kittle. So love him at 6,100. He is too cheap at that price. You know, you could play uh, Mike Kosicki, Mr. 0 for 7 last week. Uh, but he is certainly in play, you know. Um, so some different guys than what you mentioned. I think there's a few a few options you can go here. Uh, the first one is uh, the guy you did mention, but that's Adam Troutman. He's he's 3,300, so he's a little bit cheaper uh, than the guy that you just mentioned. But we, we've seen an uptick from Adam Troutman over the last couple of weeks. Uh, he's really started to get involved more as a pass catcher here in this offense. Uh, he's starting to run a lot more routes. He's actually run the last three weeks. He's run more routes the last three weeks than he has the entire season. Um, or or the, the rest of the season combined. Uh, so because as of right now, if you look at him, uh, he's he has 19 targets over the last three weeks, 12.3 routes run per game over the first six weeks. And over the last three, he's averaging 28 route, uh, routes run per game. So I definitely think that he is in play. He's seeing targets, six, seven, and six targets each of the last three weeks. Has not found the end zone, but he does have four red zone targets as well over those last uh, four games. And he's cheap um, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a good matchup um, against the Philadelphia Eagles, who we know we want to target. And so I really have no problem with getting to him at his price tag. The Eagles allow the most fantasy points or DK points to the position. They allow the most receiving yards. They allow the most receptions. They allow the most touchdowns. And so you could definitely target the Philadelphia Eagles uh, defense with the tight end. And so I do think Adam Troutman at, at 3,300, I think is in play. And then we're just going to keep getting grosser. Uh, let's go down to David and Joku, who's only 2,900. Uh, I, I don't mind him. He's seeing a little bit more of an uptick. He's, he's playing uh, a decent amount of the, uh, percentage of the snaps. He actually ran the most routes last week that he has all season with 24, targeted four times. Um, but we've seen some of his ceiling this year. I mean, he had the one game where he had 27.9, seven receptions for 149 receiving yards and a touchdown. Super athletic tight end. You know, no, no OBJ. And so uh, I do think that uh, David Njoku is an interesting play at 2,900. And then we're going to go down to the, the nut minimum of $2,500. And I have a tight end for you. And his name is Brevin Jordan. Rookie tight end. has only played two weeks this year. He played week eight and nine. However, he played 23.7% of the snaps week eight. He played 32, almost 33% of the snaps last week. Ran 10 routes week eight. Ran 13. And he's seen six targets over that span. He also has a touchdown. Um, his first game back, he had three for 41 in the score last week. He had two for, or in week nine, he went two for nine against Miami, but I do like, uh, Brevin Jordan. I think he's kind of an interesting play against Tennessee. They're going to be trailing at only $2,500. They're getting, you know, obviously, um, we have, um, uh, Tyrod back. So that, that, is, that is, a uh, obviously an upgrade for the offense. So $2,500 Brevin Jordan, uh, I think is another, uh, if you want to get super different, have a, a, a you know, maybe, maybe like a Tyler Croft type play. The people that have been listening to this show for a long time can remember the Tyler Croft call. And I think Brevin Jordan kind of fits that a little bit here uh, at $2,500. So I do like him as well. And that's 
the tight ends that I got. Anybody else you want to talk about, or we're we going to jump over to our our favorite position, defense. Uh, we can jump over to defense. I was just trying to look up uh, Jordan's routes run <clears throat> really fast. I'm just right, curious. While you're, while you're looking at that, we'll jump over to uh, defenses. And you have Titans at 3,900, 49ers at 3,700, Dolphins at 3,600, Cardinals at 3,400, Ravens at 3,300, the Bills at 3,200, the Browns at 3,100. Packers, 3,100. Colts, 3K. Now, let's just scroll down to the bottom because that's where we start out anyway. <laughs> that's what, that's that's our that's our zone. Yep. And you have the Texans at 2K, the Lions at 2,100 against Cleveland. You have the Chiefs at 2,200 against Dallas, the Vikings at 2,300 against Green Bay, Jaguars at 2,300, the Jets at 2,300, Washington football team at 2,400, the Bears at 2,500, the Raiders at 2,600. And then you have the Seahawks, the Panthers, both at $2,700, the Cowboys, Bengals at $28, and then the Eagles at $29. So who's the defense we are just locking in this week? I'm going to run it back. We were on Carolina last week. Uh, You know, we mentioned that they're the number one ranked uh, defense in terms of adjusted sack rate. Uh, they're getting good pressure on the quarterback, and and Washington is coming off a euphoric win against Tom Brady and Tampa Bay, and this just feels like such a letdown spot uh, for that that offense. Um, so you know, I really like Carolina at twenty seven hundred. It's not your typical bottom of the barrel pricing that we normally go for, but um, I mean, it, it checks the boxes. It's not a great offense in Washington. Carolina is at home. Uh, and they are the number one ranked team in adjusted sack rate, uh, which is, you know, getting pressure on the quarterback is something that, you know, I weigh pretty heavily because that's that's what ultimately leads to turnovers, which gives you fantasy points for your defense. So, um, yeah, I think I'm going to try to get to Carolina as much as I can. 2,700, it obviously isn't free like we normally go for, but uh, they're definitely my number one. And then uh, if we're trying to go bottom of the barrel, I would say Minnesota against Green Bay. Minnesota ranks fourth in adjusted sack rate, and uh, Green Bay is going to be without Aaron Jones, and we saw them struggle to put up points last week against Seattle as well. So uh, that Minnesota defense for 2,300 would be my second choice. Yeah, I think uh, I definitely agree with the Panthers. and I think my second choice might actually be the Jaguars at 2,300. We have seen them really, uh, especially lately, be able to get pressure on the quarterback, uh, we kind of seen them in that game against the the or excuse me, the Lions, the Bills, where they actually had a, a you know a really solid game, put up 17 DK points in that one where they had four sacks. But I mean, they, they had three sacks against Seattle, three sacks against Tennessee, three sacks against Denver. So I mean, they, they've been able to get to the quarterback this year. Um, and San Francisco, I, I don't think is as good as what we saw last week. Um, and so I think they could be in line for a trap game as well. So I don't mind Jacksonville either at 2300. So. Um, yeah, that, those, those are kind of where I, I would come in. So other than that, I think you want to just start building this squad. Yeah. And you, you can kick it off, uh, with the build as well. All right. Joe Burrow. It is. All right. I'm, I, you know what? I'm glad you didn't pick a, a Kansas city or Dallas, uh, QB. Let's, let's be a little different, and that way, you know, we don't really have to have a, a, a DFS rooting interest uh, considering our teams are playing each other. So, all right, Joe Burrow it is. So then if we're playing Burrow, 
Um, I like T Higgins and I, I'm sure you'll, you'll end up putting another wide receiver with him, but I, I do like T Higgins. He's too cheap if you're playing Burrow. So 5,400. All right. I'm going to lock in Darren Waller at 6,100. All right. And then just go ahead and double stack with Burrow. Uh, Jamar Chase. All in on this game. Love to see yep. that. So we have 49-4 left remaining. We still have a running back or two running backs, wide receiver, flex, and D. Okay. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go Jags. All right. So that leaves 5,600 left. Let's assume. I don't want to assume Beasley's out because he's he's limited practicing. I was going to say we could assume he's out and just put Gabe Davis in. I mean, do we want to just full nuke it, just full game stack this thing? Because we could throw 4,100 Brian Edwards in and just go all in on on Cincy Las Vegas. Which, you know, I mean, I, I don't hate it from a tournament perspective if you're trying to outscore the Kansas City-Dallas teams. What are we going to do at running back? What do you want to do there? Uh, all right. I'm going to put an AJ Dillon. I, I think, you, especially since we're stacking up Cincy Las Vegas, which should be lower owned, uh, we can eat a ton of chalk, AJ Dillon chalk, which leaves us 5,400 for running back wide receiver flex. Do we just say fuck it and go Christian McCaffrey? You can if you play Brian Edwards or Michael Gallup, I guess, if you want to get cheap exposure to that game, which I think is responsible to have at least some exposure to that game. So if you go McCaffrey, I'm going to go with Gallup. Which I don't know that we'll have enough salary to do this, but we can try. 3,100. Oh, God. What is the $3,100 player? Oh, we can go Terrace Marshall. I mean, that is super thin. but Yeah, no, that, the, let's not do that. <laughs> he got two targets last week. Terrace Marshall, I don't know. I just had this feeling with Cam Newton uh, could really take off. Uh, he feels like the perfect Cam Newton target, right? Like like we saw like with Jacoby Myers with him last year. Um, who's the fat ass that used to uh, – Kelvin Benjamin. Kelvin Benjamin. <laughs> Offensive lineman. Like that's like he's that he's that big body wide receiver that he loves, and so like I don't know, I, I could I could see Terrace Marshall taking off, but thirty one hundred uh, that's probably still too cheap. They're probably not. That's just a complete dart throw at this point. Um, we could go with double tight end if we wanted. And what if like, I mentioned Njoku? But what or, if we? I mean, do you want it? Like, are you set on playing McCaffrey? Because if we could drop McCaffrey to like uh, Gaskin, and that would leave us sixty three hundred, which gives you like Amari Cooper, Pittman, Connor, Cooks. Oh, Tyler Lockett. Yeah, I think I like a Gaskin Lockett pairing. <clears throat> okay, what if we do this? What if we do this? I like. We get. We could. We could keep Lockett if we want. What if we locked in Daryl Williams at fifty four hundred? He's gonna knock, he's gonna have the least amount of exposure, I would think, among all these running backs or among all these these these, these Chiefs uh, these Chiefs players. Okay, right. Everybody's gonna want to play the pass catchers, playing people with Tyreek, Travis Kelsey, especially in this game. I don't think people are gonna want to play Daryl Williams. 
So we could either leave it. We still have six K left or six, six K six hundred dollars left. We could we could switch to something else if there's anything else. Let's uh, go. Yeah. Uh, let's go Panthers D then. Panthers D. Okay, that leaves two hundred. All right, let, let's do that then. I like. Yeah. So this this would be Joe Burrow, AJ Dillon, Daryl Williams, T Higgins, Jamar Chase, Michael Gallup, Darren Waller, Tyler Lockett, Panthers D. I like this team. Yeah, I do too. It's different. Yep. We got some, some exposure. To, we got we got our exposure to this Chiefs game. Yep. But, but we got lower own one. So if this, if this goes our way. All right, lock it in. We're locking this one in. Uh, yeah, I like this team. So, anyways, well, I think this weekend's going to be an interesting slate. The Chiefs are going to obviously get the W this weekend and continue on their uh, redemption year. With all these people that were just burying the Chiefs all year, uh, you know, just uh, looking down upon them and saying that they were including done. our group chat. I, oh, I know, <laughs> I know, our group chat's been brutal. You know, I I got the receipts though, Ben Cummins. With your, he's the worst quarterback in the division. Bullshit. Um, Being, uh, what's Derek? Derek's been saying he's been he's been outplayed by Trevor Simeon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They I both mean, can fuck themselves. Wrong. All right, I'm just we're, gonna, we're just gonna say that. And I got all the receipts, so you just wait. I'm gonna I'm gonna dump them all out there when the when the Chiefs go to the Super Bowl this year again. So no, I don't uh, think that's gonna happen. But yeah, hey, hey, we'll see. Yeah. Everybody else is collapsing around us, and while we're rising, we're rising. Everybody else is collapsing. The Bills have lost to the Jags. The you know the the, the Ravens just lost to the Dolphins last week. I mean, hey, watch out! Pat Mahomes just sitting there writing it all down. Like, okay, okay, boys. So, anyways, Maddie, appreciate it. We're only a week away from the best slate of the year of Thanksgiving. We will be back again on Tuesday night, doing the same thing, recording this show on Tuesday night of next week. We'll, it'll release probably Sunday or. Tuesday night, I'll probably put it out. Um, the pod for you know people that listen on the podcast feed, so it'll be out. It is crazy because this show right now is a minute ten. That show will probably be a, a four hour show because it is every year <laughs> for only three games. <laughs> yeah, three games, and we'll talk for two and a half hours about three games and just break it down any which way you possibly can. Favorites: uh, R- Ryan Williams should be back again. We're trying to get one more guest. Uh, as well so we'll see if we can make that happen but it's a fun slate too bears lions raiders cowboys Bills, saints uh that's a fun one that's a fun one to look ahead to oh for sure it's and yes uh the i think the the cowboys is actually probably going to be the most uh the the highest owned of the it always is it always is and the night game always goes overlooked oh for sure well, and, but, I mean, because everybody wants to get all those guys in, you know, and everything yeah. else early. People don't want to wait. Um, and so, yeah, you know. Um, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to the Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, I look forward to it every year. It's the first thing I look at when the schedule releases. What's the what's Thanksgiving slate? Yeah. I wish we could remove the Lions from it. Can we get can we get two, uh, you know, add a different game in as well? Because the Lions, the Lions don't deserve. But uh, it makes it interesting though, because then you got to consider whether you're going to play some Bears players or not. So I hey, know Justin we'll, Fields. Yeah, hey, we we'll spend three hours talking about it. Don't worry, we we don't need to to break it down right now. But but yeah, I just wanted to to foreshadow the games that we have to look forward to early next week. Uh, J- Jabba, I if, if you're I, from what I can tell, it looks like you're looking for redraft advice. Uh, I will tell you, we we will actually be live tomorrow night. Me and me and Cody, uh, we decided to switch it from our normal Wednesday 
recording to um, to Fridays because, which of course this week we have not nearly as much information, but like the last like month, like every Thursday, Friday, we get all this other information. It completely destroys the slate. So we, we usually Wednesday, we do all this stuff. We talk about all this stuff. We do all this start set stuff. And then it's just completely ruined because the slate's been turned upside down. So we decided to move it to a Friday night. So by that point, we should pretty much have all the information. So we will be going live tomorrow night, uh, our normal time at nine o'clock. And we'll answer every single start sick question that you guys may have. So you didn't miss it. So I'll see you over there tomorrow. Anyways, let's get out of here. I appreciate everybody checking out the show. We will see you guys on the next one. Have a great night. Let's win some money this week. Chiefs are taking it all. Go Cowboys. As we all know. Okay. Go Cowboys. Get out of here with your Dak Prescott. and your, Cowboys? Your, your CD Lambs and your Amari hey, Coopers. And- let me have my one good Cowboys team that I've had in my 30 years of existence, okay? I know. I, I, the last time they were good, I was like four years old. And that was when they won their Super Bowls back in the in the early '90s. So leave me alone and let me enjoy this actual somewhat good team that they have. I think the last time they won a Super Bowl, I think Neil O'Donnell was still in the league. Yeah, so. I was like five years old. I think it was what in 1996. Uh, so yeah, I was five years old that year. So uh, fun know, but times. Cowboys, yeah. but Cowboys fans think that they're they still think that they're an elite team, and that uh... no, they've not been an elite team. They've been an eight and eight mediocre at best team. They've always been, you know, something. Something has always been very, very bad with their team, whether it's the offense is good and the defense is horrible or the defense is good and the offense is horrible. That's just been the story of it for the last, you know, 20 years. So um, it's it's nice to see them finally, you know, through 10 weeks have a, a complete team. So uh, I, I am very excited for this game on Sunday. It'll be a good test to see where both teams are at. So, All right. Well, and that'll do it. So, again, appreciate everybody checking it out. I appreciate everybody checking it out. Appreciate everybody in the chat on YouTube. If you're listening to this on podcast, you know, uh, consider checking us out on YouTube. We record every Thursday. We go live every Thursday night. So, if you have any questions, we can answer that. If you have DFS questions. Also, be sure to jump into our, our free Discord. Uh, link is into any of, of our videos that we have on YouTube. Uh, so you can jump in there. It's absolutely free. We have a DFS channel set up over there. And whether you're in a DFS dynasty redraft, all that stuff, Devi, uh, whatever the fuck that is, and, and best ball, uh, you know, we got it all for you. And it's absolutely free. So, uh, you know, a lot of these other places, a lot of these other DFS sites included, and, uh, you know, a paid subscription, not here, absolutely free. Chat's always popping. So, with that being said, we will see you guys on the next one. Do. We out. We out. You know who you're talking to? Big man, <laughs> treat you like your little man. Don't tell me what it's like to be half a man. It must break your heart to see what I am. What? That's a brace, boy. That's a brace, little man. Break it down.
know who you're talking to? Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on Earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide-open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its opera ski scene and award-winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com.